right, so here we are in June, and we are embracing self-care. Yes, it's important to embrace self-care, and I'm glad that it's our topic. Let me set my timer here so I don't go into your lunchtime. All right. So again, this week, uh, this month, the uh, Centers for Spiritual Living global theme is Embracing Self-Care. Uh, two weeks ago, our delightful Reverend Patty uh, reminded us of the exercise that we can do to remind ourselves about how wonderful we are. So please, if you would with me, one arm over the other, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful me. Again, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful me. One more time. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful me. Fantastic. Doesn't that feel good? Feels good to me. All right. And last week, uh, Reverend talked about honoring the Sabbath. And this specifically is your Sabbath, not Sabbath with a big capital S or Sabbath determined by somebody else, but your Sabbath, the day of rest for you, for rest and relaxation and enjoyment, not bound up by rules and regulations, but free to be who you are for an hour, for half a day, for a whole day would be wonderful. And gazing on what we have co-created with spirit and taking delight in our lives. It's a good thing. This week, we're going to talk about pleasure. <laughs> we're going to take a look at what blocks it. We're going to take a look at the optimal state for enjoying it. And a reminder that self-care is pleasure. So first, pleasure. There's nothing wrong with pleasure. There's nothing wrong with pleasurable things. And like my sister just said, yeah. There's a lot of people out there that know that instinctively and I love those people because I am not one of those people that came to knowing that pleasure is an okay thing um, for me there was some some work that I had to do to say oh you know what that felt good and there's nothing wrong with it and I'm okay all right uh, in this part of the universe spirit has decided to manifest in us in these bodies these bodies that receive pleasure know how to find pleasure know how to give pleasure and that's a good thing there comes in a variety of forms, food, sex, drink, the arts, travel, companionship, the list goes on and on and on and on. I think the important thing when we're thinking about pleasure, and specifically as I'm talking about pleasure this morning, is that first rule of do no harm, right? Pleasure, do no harm to yourself. Pleasure, do no harm to others. If we start from there, I think we can start the exploration in a way that's safe and happy and free. Uh, do no harm. We're not harming each other. When it's God's good pleasure loving through us, creating through us, taking delight in us, as us, there is no harm. That's the flow of spirit, doing what it does, enjoying itself, delighting in us. This kind of pleasure is refreshing and reinvigorating. And it takes over in a way that aids us in forgetting for just a moment that there's other stuff going on in the world, right? It's that pleasurable state that takes us into that flow state where we're free and time disappears. And we get to just enjoy enjoyment. Indeed, pleasurable, pleasure and pleasurable things are neither good nor bad, but as Shakespeare says, it's our thinking that makes it so, right? For example, cigarettes. 
for many years. I found pleasure in cigarettes. I delighted in them. I loved the way that they looked. I loved the smoke in the air. I loved the, the social aspect of, of smoking cigarettes. And it was pleasurable for me. It was not pleasurable for my body. I'm still working through things today for um, taking that pleasurable path of, oh God, how many years? I don't know. But I'm glad they're gone, you know? So now I take pleasure in <sighs> taking a deep breath and not hacking a lung out. Also, gardening. Gardening is a huge pleasure for me. When I'm in that state of gardening and I'm with my flowers and my little green children out there and, and ripping out weeds and just taking the time and I'm in that state, time just disappears. And it's a good thing. It's a wonderful thing to take pleasure in that, to take pleasure in the earth, to take pleasure in plants. However, gardening can be an escape from duties that I have and it can be a way to procrastinate, right? We can take these things that are good in themselves, and it's the way that we use it, the way that we think about it, and the way that we employ them in our lives that make them good or bad. You know, those aren't really the, what would you say, desirable or undesirable. So, if we are using pleasure as a means of escape, and I want to say I am not pleasure-shaming, I support people who enjoy pleasure. I support people who are on that path of, of loving and living life to its fullest extent. And sometimes pleasure is a means of escape. You know, pleasure is a means of stepping back from, from the world and taking a different look. But if the drive to experience only pleasure is taking the place of reality and dealing with reality, it may be time to step back to reassess and see what's going on. I had the uh, extreme pleasure of speaking for the first time away from Vision up in Riverside last Sunday. Uh, that community is um, discussing the 15 commitments of conscious leadership. That's a mouthful. The 15 commitments of conscious leadership. And I had the um, pleasure of speaking about um, one of the topics is drifting and shifting. Uh, so when we're in when we're in alignment, when we're in harmony, we're chugging along, things are going great, you know, um, that's good, that's, that's in the flow. Then something happens, we're cut off in traffic, a loved one says something that doesn't hit right, um, plans go awry, it can set, up, set us off drifting, right? We, we're drifting, and sometimes when we're in that drifting state, we might take on pleasurable things that are not supporting us getting back to alignment. They're, they're, um, a folly, or they are a way of um, keeping ourselves numb from reality. But God's good pleasure is here right now, in this moment, in this very moment, right here, this morning. Tick tock, tick tock, second by second it goes by, and it, each second is full of God. All of the power, all of the presence, all of the love that there is, is present right here, right now, in this very moment. And that one source is expressed in a multitude of ways. Your reception to pleasure is not necessarily my reception to pleasure. We may share common interests, but what is pleasurable for you, for what you find to be pleasurable, for what I find to be pleasurable in that wholesome and good way, is my business. And yours is yours. And we can share and support each other in that journey towards feeling that pleasure, right? As Reverend Patty discussed last week, 
It's up to us to discover um, a day during the week or a moment when we can step back and feel that relaxation, feel that rest, feel that pleasure of being in the presence. Another way we can do that is spiritual practice. Developing a habitual spiritual practice such as meditation, walking meditation, cooking, gardening, whatever that is, whatever that is, supports a mental state of being in pleasure. Am I sounding like a broken record yet? So we must be pleasant if we're going to have a pleasurable life, right? So that's why we do our spiritual practices, to elevate our consciousness, to bring us into a state of awareness, to be in that place where we can receive the pleasure that's going on all around us. And spiritual practice helps us get to that, spirit, that pleasant state of mind. And that follows that if we're pleasant, then we are going to uh, receive those beneficial aspects. When we miss the mark, we may end up down paths where self-care then is ignored. Uh, but the goal is to have an awesome life experience. That's the goal. It made me think of Galatians 5.23. Uh, you may have be familiar with the standard or the traditional translation, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. I love that. Against such things, there is no law. And I love to delve into the message translation, which can be kind of an irreverent and um, interpretation of Scripture. Uh, but in the message translation, that same Scripture comes to us. But what happens when we live in God's way? God brings gifts into our lives, much like in the same way fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. So, what gets in the way of pleasure? Well, congestion of emotions, congestion of any kind, congestion in relationships, but things that are getting in the way, mostly mental gymnastics that we go through to manage life sometimes. In the uh, original Science of Mind, Ernest Holmes wrote, irritation and vexation and confusion go hand in hand to rob people of their birthright to peace, comfort, and harmony. So if we're carrying around a head full of resentments, anger, worry, inadequacies, these blocks this experience of pleasure in our lives. But spiritual practice, uh, I think of like Drano, right? If we've got a clog, if we've got some congestion, well, spiritual practice is what we pour into that spiritual pipeline of our lives to clear those things out so that we can have a better experience of financial health, of physical health, mental health, spiritual health, a holistic approach to health in our lives, and using spiritual practice as a way to highlight those places that might have a little bit of gunk that needs to be cleared out. 
And as far as it's up to the individual, as far as it's up to me, I can begin now to take the actions, to face it, to stand up and say, ah, that's not working for me. That's getting in the way of me enjoying life. And I know that there's something that I can do about it. I know there's something I can do about it. Pleasure is only found in a peaceful mind. Again, Ernest Holmes, anyone wishing to develop a pleasant personality must first become pleasant and then think comforting thoughts. So when we experience challenges, what's the first thing that we do? Thank you, thank you. All right. So. There's many ways to do it. There's many ways to do it. But one of the things that we teach here is the five steps of the affirmative prayer process, right? It's a way to bring us into a different frame of mind, starting that there is God. That's the only thing that there is all around us all of the time. And it's always good. It's always love. It's always joy. It's always prosperity. And I'm a part of that. I'm a manifestation of that one life. So if there's something going on in my life, I can be in that space as long as it takes for me to realize that it will pass, that something else is on there. Even when it's the cloudy skies of June gloom, I know the sun is back there and it's going to shine again. It's going to be warm. The breezes are going to be nice. Whatever the storm of life is right now, I know that it will pass. There will be a different experience for this one that's happening right now. can't be the only experience for the rest of my life, forever and ever. And I can be thankful. I can be in a space of graciousness. I can be in a state of thankfulness for that. And then let it go. Clear that gunk out. Let it go. Let it be free-flowing so that I can experience life in that elevated sense of what it is to be there. Also, we can remove ourselves from toxic relationships and toxic situations. Unsupportive relationships that uh, no longer serve us in a healthy mindset. And if it's toxic for us, it's likely toxic for the other person. They may just not know it at the moment. But when we clear our minds of undesired thoughts and unpleasant scenarios, it's like stilling the storm in our mind. It's like creating an environment where the lake of our emotions can be placid and clear and like, like glass. And that place of our emotions, when it's clear and calm, is when it's the best time to dive in, right? I think of people in my life that love water, and when they get to the coast, they get out of the car, and immediately they are ripping things off and running towards the coast just so that they can dive in and experience it. When we're in a state of flow, when we're in a state of peace, when we're in a state where we have come to realize the perfection of God flowing through our lives, we get that opportunity to be excited about life and to dive in and to experience it and to be surrounded by that one power and that one presence that says, yes, oh my gosh, yes, let's do it. Let's go. What do you want to experience? What do you want to feel? Because self-care is pleasure. And it should be. If it's not, try again. See what's going on, right? 
Self-care is pleasure. Caring for ourselves is honoring the creator within us. Self-care without pleasure is empty. My goodness, she is striking, but there's just something not right. Oh my gosh, that guy has everything anybody could ever want, but there's just something off. I should be enjoying this moment right now. What is happening that I'm not? I always love doing this, but today it's just not right. What's going on? What can I do? Where can I go? Always available to me is, you know, spiritual practice. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I'm here. That same thing is here. I can shift. I can change. So play. Explore. Create. As Reverend Patty stated last week, God delights in us as we take time to embrace self-care. And I love when she says, let's show God a good time. Let's play. Let's show God fun. The more we do that, the more we build experiences of fun. The more we do that, the more we recognize, oh, that's the good place. That's where I want to be. And when those things come around that are not supportive, that are toxic, we say, ah, no, that doesn't fit. That doesn't go with my alignment. That sets me off kilter. I'm going to get back to the good stuff. So explore pleasurable things that are beneficial and serve to enhance the quality of life and create space in life to experience those things as pleasurable self-care. So diligently apply discernment in life to seek out areas of congestion that are blocking the experience of good pleasure. Seek out a practitioner if you're not sure of what this false thinking is. And they'll go, oh, you know, let's, let's talk about that again. Something in there wasn't quite right. Let's see if we can clear that. Let's see if we can work together to clear that. Make spiritual practice a habit. And in those moments when you have experienced good pleasure, when you get through that and it's like, oh, that was wonderful. There's not going to be any residual after I experience this. And say, mm, wonderful me, look what I did. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful me. I experienced good pleasure. I experienced it. Free yourself from the conditions and situations that do not support healthy self-care. Gently examine your thinking and direct your thoughts towards pleasantness when you find yourself wandering into the weeds. Find time, an entire day if possible, to embrace self-care. Allow yourself to feel the pleasurable results of it. And remember that self-care should be pleasurable. And when it's done right, it is. In the words of the late George Michael, be good to yourself because nobody else has the power to make you happy. Go deeper into those experiences that support the best you, the you that exists at the center of your being, the you that is so intimately a part of you that God says, ah, that's it, let's go. Dive into the supporting waters of spirit, the spirit that cries out yes to our experiences of pleasure as we embrace self-care. Thank you.